It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. You ever see the movie National Treasure? There's a real crossover line here between the Pac-12's current predicament and the first National Treasure movie in the opening scene. You are Locked On Pac-12, your daily podcast on the Pac-12 Conference. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Locked On Pack 12. I'm your host, Spencer McLaughlin. Thank you so much for making this your first listen or your first view of the day. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, and your number one source to stay up to date with our media rights and mostly team free and beloved, I think, Conference of Champions. Like, comment, subscribe, rate, review. Please and thank you wherever you listen to or watch the show, which today is brought to you by LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. That's why LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. Terms and conditions apply. So we're going to talk about uh, realignment stuff and then Washington State later in the show. Who have a big opportunity that goes beyond football this year. But you ever watch National Treasure? I love those movies. I wish they would make seven more with Nick Cage and Justin Bertha and Diane Kruger. I want more with those three at the heart of it. In the first one, the clue that they are initially exploring with Ian Howe, portrayed by Sean Bean, is the secret lies with Charlotte, which is a ship that crashed into the Arctic, was frozen under ice. They found it, excavated and all that sort of stuff. But the key phrase that they were discussing was the secret lies with Charlotte. And the secret to the pack's success lies with Stanford and Cal. That game a year ago that was one of the most watched regular season Pac-12 games in all of 2022, mind you. That game that was played between two teams with losing records combining to go 7-17. and That game featured the two teams whose schools hold the key to what the Pac-12 does next. I'd strongly encourage all of you to go to listen to the Bald Face Truth interview. John, that's John Canzano's show with Scott Barnes, the athletic director from Oregon State. I thought he was very open, very candid, and very honest. And, and I think what Oregon State and Washington State have done is, yeah, they've been put into a bad situation here. But I actually think right now, from a PR standpoint, both schools 
are playing this exceptionally well because what's happening is every time I see someone from either of those schools talk, they are honest, they are open, they are committed to their student athletes, to their fans, to their communities, to everything about that. They're saying all the right things to keep themselves viewed in a positive manner. You know, Scott Barnes talked about, ah, I feel like they might have buyer's remorse one day. This stuff was all done so quickly. I think that's a fair comment to make. I don't think it's an accurate one, but I don't think it's an unreasonable one to make either. But we're not seeing a lot of that sort of negative energy. We're not seeing saltiness. We're not seeing anger. We're not seeing bitterness. We're not seeing jabs from them. They are doing all that stuff in a way that I think is making them look as good as they possibly can. Now it has to get backed up on the football field here, but they are waiting to see what happens with the pack first, because that is their preferred option. It appears is to stay with the pack. Now, there are flaws with that option. There are upsides with that option. And what I would encourage all of you to remember in all this realignment stuff right now, as it specifically pertains to what's going to happen with the PAC4 schools that are left, is that every single option has got pluses and minuses. There is no perfect scenario, and the net result is probably negative. It's hard to see a world in which Oregon State and Washington State in the short term end up better off than they were before the pack basically imploded. Pretty hard to see that, right? Some would say impossible. Eh, I don't know that I would argue that point. So unless the Big 12 changes its mind, I think the Big 12 is done for now. Your audio did not cut out. I just said the words for now. And I just want you to think about those two words. The Big 12 is done for now. It could be seven years from now. It could be eight. It could be 10. Lots of things can change. And they can change very quickly too. Once upon a time, I don't think the Big Ten was that interested in expanding. And then the price on Oregon, Washington, crash like Bear Stearns stock price in the big short when they're all there checking their phones and the CEO is up there against Steve Carell who's portraying Mark Baum. So that's where things kind of stand on Will they end up in a better place? Will they end up in a good place? Every single option's got downsides. You have to try and make the best of what is obviously a bad situation. I think Oregon State and Washington State, based on what I'm seeing, the comments that their leadership is making, they're positioned to do that. It does rest as to where they go next on Stanford and Cal. The secret lies with Charlotte. The secret to the pack's success lies with Stanford and Cal because they are pretty actively and openly. And it's nice to not get two-handed comments from people like, I like when we are aware of what school's actual intentions are. That's a good place to be for us. We're not always there, but that's where we're at right now. And we know that Stanford and Cal came very close to getting into the ACC. The Big Ten feels like a less likely option, given that they just got Oregon and Washington on the cheap. What would Stanford and Cal be willing to accept as a media rights payout? There's been all this talk, you know, SMU has got former President Bush lobbying on their behalf to get them into the ACC, and that's all trying to, to play out. And then you have Florida State in the ACC, and that's, that, that's another piece of the puzzle that we all have to be following here. Florida State has legitimately just straight out said, we don't want to be here. We want to be elsewhere, or we want to get more money. 
But if Florida State leaves, then the backfill argument might pick up momentum in the ACC. But right now, they are you know one or two votes shy, according to the reports, of getting approved for membership there. But th- that would just be, it would still be complicated getting into the ACC because there's the contract with ESPN. How much would they get paid? How would they work out travel? How would they do all that sort of stuff? That'd be up to the school's to figure out, but they're going to continue to try doing that. And here's the other thing that I wonder. We're all aware that we're waiting on Stanford and Cal, I'd like to think. Or at least if you're watching or listening at this point in the show, you know that's what we're waiting on. Are they going to get a Power 5 invite here? We don't know. We do not know. But if that does happen, then the pack likely breaks up and you can't rebuild starting with two schools. Four would appear to be the bare minimum. As I suggested last week on the show, you could go with four American schools for 2024, four Mountain West for 2025 because their exit fee is a lot higher to join in 2024. You could be an eight-team conference and there's you know leeway in the eyes of the NCAA and I don't think they'd want to play any season in which they don't have at least eight teams. Uh, it's you know for postseason and credibility and scheduling purposes, I, I think that that's what they're going to strive for is have at least eight. But if you could get back to 12 by 2025 and Stanford and Cal don't get the Power 5 offer or the Power 4 offer, I guess, is what we should call it now because that's what it is. We have four power conferences. There are no longer five. You would be able to, as a league, exist in a world in which Stanford and Cal, you might lose you know, some media market value because you don't have the Bay Area, but you would be able to exist in a league in a world in which you have four former American, four former Mountain West, and Oregon State and Washington State at the top. That could be a really good G5 conference. That's a viable path there. But it all comes down to what happens with Stanford and Cal. They like We have to get a decision on that front. We don't appear close to one, but we could be close to one. Heck, they could be deciding by the time you listen to or watch this show. Who knows? Who who really knows? I mean, we don't. We, we we certainly don't know. Somebody knows. And when we find out, we'll come and react to it at the time. But I would think, just this is just me spitballing. This is not a sourced report or anything of that nature. I would think they want to get this done before the season starts. But I would have thought the Pac-12, or I did think the Pac-12 was going to be able to get together a good enough media deal to keep everybody together. And it kind of looked like they'd done that, and then the Big Ten got involved. So this is a rapidly evolving landscape, but college football starts, uh, you know, this week. We have football this week. I don't know how much longer this is going to go on. I'd be shocked. I've been shocked before. I'd be shocked if we're still talking about this sort of stuff as we get into the the October, November, December months. Feels like finality has to come pretty soon because who wants to coordinate, you know, conference realignment in the midst of a football season? Who wants to deal with that cloud hanging over the program? I, I know the coaches don't. They don't have as much a say in the matter as they might like, but they don't want to have to deal with, with, with that sort of stuff. How could you? You want to focus on football. And later we're focusing on uh, Washington State because they've got a big opportunity to set themselves up just like Oregon State beyond this round of realignment. 
you have an opportunity to find the best qualified candidates available with LinkedIn jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. So go in there, create a free job post in minutes, super easy. Add the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college. Post your job for free terms and conditions apply. All right. So Washington state is in a position under now second full year, third year at the helm coach Jake Dickert who's put together back-to-back seasons over 500, which go look at the history of Washington State's football program. There have been stretches, particularly under Mike Leach, where that has been the norm. There have also been a lot of stretches where that has not been the norm. And anyone will tell you, I mean, if I were to come on here and rank the the best jobs in the current Pac-12 in this final iteration of the conference, which literally said, Caleb Williams is going to play football on Thursday. Mind blown, or Friday, 26th. Five days from now, Saturday, I don't know, whatever, this week, this week, Caleb Williams is going to play football this week, and we're going to get to talk about that. But there is a world in which Washington State, you could argue, is the hardest job in the pack. You could argue it's Oregon State. You could maybe argue, eh, it's probably just between those. I mean, Stanford and Cal now in today's world of college football, they would certainly get consideration, but that is not an easy job. If you can win football games up there. In either Corvallis or Pullman, my view, you're a really good football coach. And I think Jake Dickert's a really good football coach. And they have an opportunity this season to win games that mean more than just winning a football game. Because the mode that you need to be in, if you're Washington State and Oregon State, you don't have to like being here, but that's what you should be doing, is how do we make ourselves the most attractive realignment candidates so that one day a conference like the Big 12 is the most likely landing spot for these two to get into a Power 4 conference someday. But hey, you never know. Maybe the ACC will come all the way out west and get the four remaining... I I, I don't know. Like, Don't ask me to predict what's going to happen in the future because it can be really, really difficult, especially years down the line when so much new information can come in and so many different things can change. But you are trying to make yourselves a team, a program, a school that big conferences can't refuse. That's what you want. You want to go out and make a statement every chance you get that, hey, we can bring something to your league. This is what we've got. Every chance you have to be on television, you want the most rabid, active, loud, boisterous fan base possible. You want to show the support. You want to show the players. You want to show the campus. You want to show the set. You want to show everything. Every opportunity to take the football field this year, particularly on national television, is an opportunity for Oregon State and Washington State to showcase themselves and what they are capable of being and how much they can go toe-to-toe with the best programs in the pack, who everybody wants, and nobody wants them, right? Speaking of which, shout out the Washington State social team. They put together this awesome video. Go to Washington State 
athletics. They tweeted out. It's like 90 seconds long. It's got a, a narrating voice about, you know, oh, nobody's watching, right? And the way they cut the clips together and showcase the athletic department, everything, and what's great about Washington State, I think is fantastic. And I thought it was really well put together. So go check that out for sure. It'll be well worth the two minutes it'll take. It'll take you 30 seconds or less to go find it. And then you just go press play. Boom. You know, you get an enjoyable 90 seconds. And it'll hype you up for the college football season too. So you need, if you're Washington State, every year to try and create moments that people remember. And I don't think that many people, certainly not me, remember that they went into Madison, Wisconsin last year and beat the Badgers. They weren't supposed to do that, but they did do that. And I think that helped their brand for sure. But you need to continue to rack up wins like that, to win bowl games against Power 5 conferences when possible, to win non-conference matchups, to make a run to the NCAA tournament. You need to make yourself an attractive athletic department to the rest of the country. And they have a chance to further their their goals on that front in week two against Wisconsin. And I'm going to get to the Washington State record prediction here in, in just a little bit. But that game against Wisconsin, in which Luke Fickle has got Wisconsin as a preseason top 25 team. Did you know that it's the first time a non-conference top 25 team has gone to Pullman since 1998? Yeah, think about that. It's been 25 years since an opportunity like this presented itself. And it comes amidst groundbreaking change and disruption in college football. And you've got a chance at 4.30 Pacific, 7.30 East Coast time on ABC to play the Badgers, who've got a new coach that everybody knows really well because he's been around college football a long time, only head coach to take a G5 team to the playoff. That guy's coming into your backyard. And if they go out there and beat Wisconsin, it would mean even more to the Badgers this year than it did to do it last year. And make no mistake, it was a noteworthy victory in a major way for Washington State to go win in Madison, Wisconsin. That's not supposed to happen. You're not supposed to do That's the Big Ten. That's a great program in the Big Ten historically. Washington State, that's a that's a lower-tier team in the pack. They can't go, but they did. And if they come out this year and they beat the Badgers, that is a big, big-time statement by Jake Dicker, who is one of those people that I talked about earlier. Every time I see him speak on this realignment stuff, I, I just become more of a fan. I, I really do. I, I think he's honest. He's genuine. He loves where he is. I don't think he has a side eye of where he wants to go, where he would want to end up. No, I think he is where he wants to be. He wants to be at Washington State University. He likes being there. And I, I, I respect the heck out of that guy. I really do. So let's get to their schedule. They open on the road, actually, at Colorado State. They beat him pretty handily at, at Martin Stadium a season ago. They will be a significant favorite in the game. Games on uh, CBS Sports Network. It is next Saturday. You don't love opening on the road. It'd be a nice test in that sense. Colorado State, not a big brand in the Mountain West. I'll be honest, I haven't done a full deep dive on the Rams. You know why? Because I don't think anything they could do is going to match up what Washington State is going to bring to them this year. I don't think they can. 
And I don't think that's a very hot take either. So I think Washington State starts 1-0. Might not always be pretty. On the road, first game jitters, working out the kinks and everything, new offensive coordinator. All right, might not be perfect. They might not cover the game, but I think they're going to win the game. But then they come home the next week for three straight home games. Three straight home games. Some good old-fashioned home cooking for the Cougs. And in week two, they play that game against the Badgers. Now, I love Washington State in this moment because of everything that I've talked about, the way they have handled themselves. They are not getting what they deserve. They're getting the short end of the stick. Everything like that. I think Wisconsin gets revenge on them this year. Now, could I see the Cougars winning this game? Absolutely. I absolutely could. I do have questions about the Cougs offensive line. Wisconsin's going to be the favorite in the game. And that's a Wisconsin Badgers team that, not to take away from what the Cougars did, because it doesn't, because it kind of started things off in a downward spiral, or else they might not have gone there. But when Paul Christ was dismissed as the head coach, Wisconsin got better after he left. And Wisconsin is a highly respectable football program. And look, this is not locked on Badgers. This is not locked on Big Ten. This is somewhat... I'm pulling for the Cougs in this game, of course. This is somewhat of a gut-feeling pick, but I don't think they get Wisconsin two years in a row. I think the Badgers are going to come in there and get revenge. You're going to have a lot of motivated players on, on Wisconsin's side, of course, but you're going to have some highly motivated players, players on Washington State side. I'm very curious to see what that line ends up being because I think you have two solid football teams there, and I think the Cougs are going to have a good season, and I think it'll continue on like this. They stay at home. They play Northern Colorado. That's an FCS opponent out of the big sky. W, next question. Oregon State, preseason top 25. A lot of expectation for the Beavs this year. A lot of hype. And I tell you what, to people outside the pack, this game just got a lot more interesting. Because here are the two schools who, as you're listening to or watching the show, we don't know what their conference future is going to be. At least as I record it, we don't know what it's going to be, what it's going to hold. But the amount of attention surrounding those two programs, those two universities, has um, increased significantly over the last couple of months. So when you tell me that they begin conference play with one another, yeah, that might get a few more people's attention. But that game, which should be on ESPN, we'll see if it is. It is the Pac-12 after all. It's a massive game for both teams because that is a tone setter. That is a tone-setting football game in a place where Washington State has historically been scrappy as can be and tough to beat at Martin Stadium. They were a year ago. They had Oregon dead to rights in 2022. Should have beaten them. Outplayed them for 3.7 quarters. And then the Ducks had a late fourth quarter surge and snatched it away from them. That was a good football team. That was a Washington State team that started 4-1 and a year ago. And remember what... The big question was for the Cougars last season. What was their big question? Or sorry, going into this season. What was the big question I asked going into this show? What version of Cam Ward are we getting? 
early season Cam Ward, threw a couple more picks, but averaged two and a half touchdowns a game, completed 68% of his passes, and the team went four and one. And then he got a little more conservative. He wasn't turning it over as much, but he didn't throw as many touchdowns. His completion percentage went down into the low 60s, and Washington State struggled. If you give me the early version of Cam Ward, yeah, I can see Oregon State winning, or I can see Washington State winning this football game. I can see either team win. This is, I don't think, a go-either-way game. I like Oregon State slightly more than the Cougs because I like what the Beavs have done, and I love their coaching staff. I love both head coaches here, and I seriously respect the hell out of both of them. But my instinct was to say, games in Pullman, go-either-way kind of game. I could see either team winning. Tone setter. I think the Beavs are going to pull this one out. I don't think it's easy. Nothing ever is up in Pullman. And the fans make sure of that. But I think Oregon State gets that big win. And then I think on the road the next week, UCLA is going to be a decent team. I'm down on them by the standard that they could be a Pac-12 contender. But I don't think they're going to be a complete disaster of a team. They brought in a great portal class. They've got a new defensive coordinator. Who and unfortunately, their defense coordinator from last year, Bill McGovern, uh, passed away due to medical issues. But they brought another guy down from the NFL. I don't know exactly what's going to happen with the UCLA quarterback situation, but I know Chip Kelly will be able to score a lot of points. And look, if Washington State goes down to Los Angeles and wins that game after losing to Oregon State, I can see a world here. I'm predicting the Cougs to go 0-2 in their first two conference games. Fear not. Oregon State went 0-2 a year ago, went 10-3 uh, in their first two Pac-12 games. That's a true statement. They started with USC and then Utah. Lost them both, one close, one not, and then they ended conference play going 6-1 and down the stretch. So, anyway, I could see Washington State going 0-2, which is what I'm predicting for their first two league games. I could also see them going 2-0. There's a real world in which that happens. But if you had UCLA at home, I would take the Cougs. If you had Oregon State on the road, I'd take the Bees. I'd take them in either spot. But then I think things are going to start to get good for Washington State. They come back home, they host Arizona, which will be a very fun game. But they were able to go down in Tucson a year ago, take care of the Wildcats. That'll be a revenge game as it was a year ago for Jaden Delora. And look, I like Arizona this year, but Arizona along with UCLA, are two teams that I predict to go 7-5 and five this year. There's another one in the pack. Stay tuned. I think Arizona is going to go up to Pullman and lose to Washington State. They'll get their first Pac-12 win. Then they go down, they play at Oregon. I think that's a loss at Austin Stadium. And then, I think they get hot. They play mostly the bottom of the Pac-12. Basically, the bottom of the Pac-12. They go Stanford, Cal, Colorado, or sorry, Arizona State on the road, then Stanford, Cal, Colorado. Best team they play in there, I think, is Cal. That's my suspicion. But I like them in that game. I do. Because by that point, Cal, I think, is going to be back to, you know, fighting to get bowl eligible and kind of middle of the road. You're not going to have some tough home field environment. And I think Washington State, again, that to me, like the Oregon State game, I can definitely see it going either way. But I think this is a good Washington State team. And I think as they get more in tune with their new offensive coordinator, Ben Arbuckle, they can start clicking in a big way 
They're going to need some receiver transfers to step up because they've lost a lot from a season ago. But I think they're going to go in the desert, beat Arizona State, because I think the Sun Devils are in a full rebuild. I think they are a much better team than Stanford, and they beat them at home. Then they go at Cal, and we all know how much I perhaps foolishly love the California Golden Bears. I think they win that one. And then they come back home, they play Colorado. And once again, I think Washington State's a better team, and I think they're at home. So I think that's a W4, and though I think this is a good Cougs team, and I like Cam Ward, and I like the offense coordinator hire, I think they will go and lose to Washington. That game is in Seattle. Tough place to play. Tough, tough place. I actually picked Washington State to, to beat the Huskies a year ago. They hung around for a while. Huskies eventually pulled away. Assuming everybody's fully healthy, I'll take Washington in that game at, at Husky Stadium in the Apple Cup, which could be the final iteration of it. You want to talk about a statement game. You want to talk about a statement opportunity here, that game against Washington. couple of notable breaks for Washington State on their schedule this year. I think they're back over 500 once again under Jake Dickert. They do not play Utah and they do not play USC. They play Colorado and UCLA instead in that rotation of schools from the former Pac-12 South. That's a big, big break. To not play those two, who are maybe the two best teams in the pack, and to play the other two instead, that's a big break. And I think that helps Wazoo create some momentum this year. And look, I've got them going 7-5, and five, just like Arizona and UCLA. 5-4 and four in Pac-12 play. But if you told me right now, Washington State ends the year a 9-3 and three football team, I would totally buy it. I think their floor is five wins with this schedule. I think their ceiling is nine. They could be the most variable team, and it'll come down to Cameron Ward. Is he the best version of himself more often than not? Because if he is, I could see him beating Oregon State. If he is, maybe they pull an upset of an Oregon or Washington. If he is, I could see him beating UCLA. I could see him beating Wisconsin. All the games that they that I have them losing on here, I think at Oregon and at Washington are fairly difficult. I think those are really, really good football teams that you're playing on the road. But the other three losses I've given them, Wisconsin has got a new head coach, Oregon State you have at home, and UCLA is one of my fade teams in the pack, team that I'm kind of down on this year. I don't know when I'm getting the quarterback situation there. I'm picking that game to go UCLA's way because I do trust Chip Kelly and the talent they've brought in to be able to score some points and win some football games. So 5-9, to nine, I think this is one of the most volatile teams in the pack from a win-loss standpoint, and I can't wait to watch them. I appreciate everyone listening. I'll see you next time. And until then, I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. The NCAA tournament is almost here. And listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.